0: Fiends, welcome! Once again, we be back. We be back for some more Ministry of Horror. <coughs> yeah, that's right. Again, all the sound bites. A bunch of them. A bunch of sound bites straight off the bat. Um, I hope everyone is having a good start to their week. Countdown to Christmas. Now, I think it's fair to say it's officially begun. As it is this Sunday. Coming up at the time of recording. Um, typically, I feel as I'm coming down with something. I uh, probably should lay off the uh, the vaping, but... Uh, it would be typical to get ill just before Christmas. An excuse not to see the family, I guess, but... Uh, I jest. I jest, of course. I've not really watched too much um, horror in this past week. We're not going to have any reviews, because I haven't really watched any new horror, I don't think. Um recently but we've got the news straight after the news and there's quite a bit of news to go through tonight straight after the news will be the first ever moh end of year awards uh we're going to look at some of the best um of horror in various categories in my opinion of course this is all down to you know down to opinion um maybe a couple of worsts maybe maybe we'll see we're here to celebrate the year of 2022 in horror um pop through the the chat the live chat throughout the evening what's been like your favorite you know horror whether that's film tv performances or whatever just uh, you know and I'll I'll read them out as we go through the show anything that you've particularly enjoyed um so fram is in the chat we've got fram in the chat we've got Eddie hickey we've got king as well Fran says, I watched some older films this week myself, Return of the Living Dead and the 2020 remake of Castle Freak. Um, I need to, at some point, re-watch Return of the Living Dead, I really can't remember too much about it, and I don't think I've seen the second one. I do not really like the third one, to be honest. Um, and I haven't seen the remake of Castle Freak, I've seen the original, my sister got me that on Blu-ray for my birthday one year when I was living in a castle, so thank, thanks for that. Uh, but is the remake any good? Let me know in the chat. So, without further ado, um, oh yeah, I mean, I've been Twitch streaming, we did some more horror watch parties on Friday, um, that's always a lot of fun, yesterday, and I'm, I'm kind of tempted, I'm kind of tempted to jump on it straight after tonight's show, yesterday on my Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash I started playing a game called Pro Wrestling Sim, where you are a wrestling booker, <clears throat> excuse me. I can see how it would be very easy to sink a lot of hours into that game. I'm so tempted to jump in and do some more tonight. I don't know. We'll see at what time we kind of finish because I've got to get the podcast ready and work tomorrow and yada, yada, yada. Um, but that's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. It's not as easy uh, as, as, as you think to book a wrestling show. I'm here giving Tony Khan crap all the time and now I'm booking AEW and I ended last night's stream... Uh, not to talk too much about wrestling this is the horror show but I ended up last, last night's stream I signed Batista to a year contract all of my talk about stop buying people stop getting people on contracts and I spent out the nose on Batista but you know I think he can add some worth to it we've got a pay-per-view coming up he can uh, surprise debut on that you know we'll, we'll see we'll see but anyway, I won't get sidetracked too much but it was a lot of fun um, now that I've kind of got the gist of uh, how it works so what else we've got in the chat we've got baby Isis here Holla, gang i managed old people and bones and all this week one was great and one was not <laughs> oh dear okay <laughs> Shaun the dead is hilarious eddie says i love sean the dead i think it's just a brilliant film um fran the can says the castle freak remake felt very budget but had an interesting post credit sting with a dr west and some shiny green vial. okay okay very cool uh Eddie, Eddie, Hickey, how did Big Batista become Drax who is crazy? Yeah, that was uh, you know that that was really the showcase for Batista's acting chops and that he's got great comedy timing. And the rest is history, really, from there. Maybe he can bring that comedy timing to my AEW manager run, who knows? Uh but first off, let's let's just jump straight in to the latest in horror news. Uh what's my news music? <laughs> I think, that, I think that's the homework music, but we've not got any homework this week and I'm not sending any homework, so uh, that'll have to do. So first up, blooddisgusting.com, John Squires. These are the only four new horror releases uh, remaining in 2022. Drop a link in the chat. Um, this week is not only the first week of winter, officially beginning on December 21st, but the week is also capped off by Christmas Day on Sunday. As you might imagine, it's not exactly going to be a big week for new movie releases, with James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water, likely dominating any and all movie conversations these next several days. Am I alone in not giving a shit about an Avatar sequel? I liked Avatar when I saw it in the cinema. I've seen it once since. I think it's fine. I think the story's a little bit threadbare. Visually, it's fine. But I'm not a massive fan of overtly cgi characters if that makes sense i don't often get really enraptured in the story i think the story's a bit threadbare in that so the sequel coming out a friend of mine um uh ministry of horror, no, ministry, of horror ministry of dragons co-host um jamie was like oh man we should go see avatar 2 when it comes out and i was like you're joking he's like oh do you don't want to see it like well i've not got a massive amount of interest in watching it uh, i was a bit of a debbie downer on that um but I imagine it's going to do big money. Uh, also, don't forget that Tommy Wakola's Christmas genre movie Violent Night is also still playing in theatres through Christmas, and it's so far slayed its way to 55 million worldwide. Very cool. Okay. God, I can like feel my. Uh, right, closing up. First up, Cinodigum, Bloody Disgusting, and Screenbox are debuting one final horror movie this year, with uh, Jong Ji Yong's psychological movie The Anchor hailing out of South Korea. It will will be reporting live from Screenbox on Tuesday, December 20th, which is today. In the film, when anchorwoman Sarah receives a tip that the tipster is about to get killed, she goes out to report it, only to find the tipster and her daughter's bodies. With an exclusive report on this case, she solidifies her position at the station. However, she begins suffering from hallucinations and makes errors on live television and her role as the main anchorwoman is threatened. Okay. Okay, sounds interesting. Yeah. I mean there's a trailer. I haven't seen the trailer. Check out the trailer. See if it's uh see if it's for you. Next up, the horror comedy, Scare Package gets a sequel, Scare Package to Rad Chad's Revenge, and it's set to premiere on exclusively on Shudder on Thursday, December twenty-second. In a brand new sequel, when horror guru Rad Chad Buckley's funeral turns into an elaborate series of death traps centred around Chad's favourite films, the guests must band together and use the rules of horror to survive the bloody game. The core story, (coughs) Rad Chad's Revenge, was directed by Aaron B. Koontz. The other segments in the anthology include Welcome to the 90s, directed by Alexandra Barreto, The Night He Came Back Again, Part 6, The Night She Came Back, directed by Anthony Cousins, Special Edition, directed by Jed Shepard, and We're So Dead, directed by Rachel Wiggins. Um, It will also feature returning scare package actors Jeremy King, Zoe Graham, and Byron Brown, with newcomers including Kelly Maroney uh Rich Sommers, Graham Skipper, Marie Maria Olsen, and Shakira Janai Petty. Okay. Um uh, I'm interested. I did like Scare Package, but I didn't think it was a brilliant anthology. I did find that I watched in segments because it did feel some of the stories dragged. Um but it was a neat it was a neat anthology. I just think it was it wasn't as tightly compact as I think it could be. And I think a good anthology, unless the stories are exceptional, a good anthology should be fairly compact. Next up, A Gripping "Who It?" that's also an Edgar Allan Poe origin story. Netflix, The Pale Blue Eye first comes to select theatres on December 23rd, while the film begins streaming on Netflix on January 6th. The Pale Blue Eye was directed by Scott Cooper and stars Christian Bale alongside Harry, Harry Melling as Edgar Allan Poe. Uh. I don't know why I'm burping so much. Christian Bell portrays retired detective Augustus Landor, tasked with investigating a series of murders. At the center of the murder mysteries, none other than Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, Gillian Anderson, Lucy Boynton, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Toby Jones, Harry Lawton, Simon McBurray, Timothy Spall, Hadley Robinson, Joey Brooks, Brennan Cook, Gideon Glick, Fred. Hetchinger, Matt Helm, Stephen Meyer, Charlie Tehan, and Robert Duval also star. Um, the film when directed by Cupid is based upon Louis Bayard's 2006 novel of the same name, a gothic thriller that he has been looking to make for more than a decade. It centres on a young cadet the, um, the, the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe, and a series of murders that took place at the United States Military Academy at West Point in 1830. I, I've mentioned before, because there's been a, a previous Edgar Allan Poe film, I think it came on Shudder, uh, maybe last month, maybe October, I just don't have a massive interest in Edgar Allan Poe, and I know, you know, it's kind of sacrilege, he's one of those forefathers of horror, horror literature, but films based on Edgar Allan Poe, I don't know, just never that interested in them, to be honest. So that one, if I hear good buzz about it, maybe I'll check it out, but it's, I don't know, just i think it's because i'm also not a huge fan of period pieces again i don't know what it is i, I think it's one of those things kind of to like war films i never really want to watch a war film when i do watch one n- normally i'll enjoy it. i think i think it's good but i'm never normally like, oh yeah i fancy watching a period based film or i fancy watching a war film it, i don't know it's just not normally normally i'm very much horror comedy action in that order or horror thriller comedy action in that order i suppose Uh, And then finally, Tubi's remake of the 80s slasher movie Terror Train was just released for the Halloween season, and their very own sequel to that remake will be the final horror release of the year. A Tubi original, Terror Train 2 introduces a brand new storyline slated to premiere this New Year's Eve, which pays homage to the festive setting of the first film that famously took place at a New Year's Eve party. From Tubi and Incendo, the sequel wrapped production in Montreal and will be available in the US exclusively on Tubi on December 31st, 2022 having okay i'm not going to read any further because that does um that basically is a spoiler for the first Terra train remake if you haven't watched that so if you have there's a sequel coming out new year's eve uh what we've got going on the chat um eddie hickey i've not even watched the first avatar uh fran can nope i've avoided the original was hugely overhyped on release and felt like style over substance unobtainium how creative thank you fran that's the, one of the first things i say and people go oh what you're not really a big fan of avatar and that's the first thing that i bring up they're trying to gain a material on the planet pantora that is called unobtainium that is the laziest title for a material and they're like well yeah but it's you know it makes sense it's difficult to get and i'm like "Off, oh, fuck off <laughs> i'm sorry but like you could say any material um mineral whatever is difficult to get you don't just go oh that's difficulty difficulty area you know it's that's yeah, just lazy um tez you should star in a horror movie or series well funny you should say that eddie hickey yeah. uh i played the plague doctor in harvest of the dead and harvest of the dead 2 halloween night poster is up there if you can see that oh shit and wonky but that's a i probably just got the poster down that's a poster of the artwork for the first film um someone hire me i don't really like acting i prefer writing i prefer writing Uh, i find if i have to do any line reading i just automatically start talking like this because i don't know why and it's an inability to change that um yeah (laughs) Uh, I kind of enjoyed the previous Edgar Allan Poe film, The Raven, Fran says. Yeah, again, I just didn't do anything for me. Just didn't do anything for me. Uh, I know I'm probably alone in that, but uh, yeah. Um, John, the Jamie Lee Curtis version was better. Hey, John, welcome to the chat. Yeah, I've seen the original Terror Train um, this year. I think I watched it on the watch party because it is available on Prime uh, in the UK, at least it's a decent little slasher um i've not seen the remake we don't get to be in the uk which is a bit of a shame does seem like there's some gems going on there maybe not Terror train who knows so next up in the horror news don't move sam raimi producing horror movie with a killer premise Uh, this is from john squares by disgusting.com sam raimi's raimi productions is partnering with hammerstone studios who did barbarian on an upcoming horror thriller titled Don't Move. Uh, Don't Move watches as a seasoned killer injects a grieving woman with a paralytic agent. She must then run, fight and hide before her body completely shuts down. Adam Schindler, um Sh- yeah Schindler and Brian Netto, who worked on QB's horror series 50 States of Fright, are directing Don't Move. TJ fell and David White from Truders are writing the screenplay. Uh, Capstone Studios is producing alongside Rain Productions and Hammerstone I mean that does sound like a pretty interesting premise so she's in with a paralytic agent but then it's it's not like an instantaneous thing so she's got to try and evade this killer before her body just starts shutting down so you could imagine things like one of the legs starts going um starts going uh, limp arms and stuff and whatnot uh, sounds like a pretty decent horror thriller, actually, and it's come from Raimi Productions. I don't know what other stuff Raimi Productions have done, but obviously Sam Raimi's involved uh, as a as a as a producer of some some sort. So interested. I mean, I'm not the biggest Raimi fan. I like the Evil Dead films, but he's not like a John Carpenter for me. Um, and a lot of the later stuff, like you know, Drag Me to Hell and, and whatever it was that I saw more recently, that was sam raimi associated uh probably like uh doctor doctor strange Monteverse of madness i'm just not a massive fan of the and we, we talked about it with the avatar to a degree but i guess here to a lesser extent the um over the top cgi like it drag me to hell is very over the top cgi and i get a lot of that stuff you couldn't really do practical practically um but it's the the fantastical over-the-topness which i would kind of liken to something like tim burton-esque it's not really for me not really for me it doesn't doesn't engage me personally well um, you know i like the premise that that sounds interesting it sounds like it's fairly grounded so we probably won't see that too much uh ott CTI. um we don't need to talk well okay we will talk about this because we didn't mention this part of the news So Violent Night is now available for digital rental or purchase at home. This is in America. I don't know about in the UK because more often than than not, when something's announced as being available to to get on VOD or Blu-ray, that's not the case in the UK, which is a pain in the ass. So don't quote me for this, UK fans. America fans are good news, at least. Tommy Ricola's action thriller Violent Night has thus far slayed $55 $55 million, as we discussed at the box office, but it's now available at home as a surprise release this afternoon. With the film still playing in theatres, we assume that Violent Night wouldn't be available at home until after Christmas, but Universal is being smart by striking while the iron is hot. You can rent Violent Night on digital for $19.99 or purchase it for $24.99. Violent Night is essentially a bloody mix of several holiday classics including Die Hard, home alone christmas vacation and bad santa and centers on david harbour's santa claus rescuing a family that's been taken hostage with john leguizamo playing the villain yeah i didn't get a chance to to watch this for the christmas review last week the christmas special it does look decent it does look decent i won't be paying the premium um as as i've said before i don't have a cinema local to me uh so if i do go to the cinema it's a bit of a big trip um and it doesn't look intriguing enough for me to go, yeah, I'll I'll spend the premium to rent it, you know. I rented the premium I spent the premium to rent Black Phone because I was very intrigued to watch that and I knew that I probably wouldn't get a chance to get to the cinema to watch it. So I was quite happy to spend the the premium rental price over here is between like £12 and £15. Um usually. I don't know what the conversion rate is at the moment, but um yeah uh, yeah but, okay <laughs> like i said i don't know if that's available yet over here but at least in america you can watch that at home now if you wish um so what's going on in the chat uh cameo for brother ted says fran the Canon regarding the sam raimi film quite possibly i do like uh, ted raimi um, I was quite pleased to see his performance in the quarry, the video game. Baby eyes, whoever discovered that agent had only shuts down certain functions instead of the whole body should win a Nobel Prize or a job at the CIA. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's where it originated. Maybe who knows? Uh, Baby eyes, I don't see Violet Night* yet, but I'll be watching for it. Fingers crossed. Eddie here, I'm playing a game, so I wouldn't be talking, but I'll still be here. I appreciate that, Eddie. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's move on with the news. The Amityville IP, The Evil Escapes, brought the franchise straight to video with a possessed lamp. Um, This comes from... Oh, God, no, we're not reading that. That's massive. But I'll I'll drop a link in the chat. There's an editorial about uh, the Amterville IP. Now I have lambasted in the past the use of the IP for the Amterville. There's things like Amterville in space, Amterville, Karen, Amterville werewolf, and it just it seems nine times out of ten like such a cheap cash grab even some of the sequels like the early sequels we watched one on stream on my watch party a couple of months ago that was fucking terrible and i think that was the fourth maybe the fifth or sixth one that was an awful film um like you know but it's not it's not like entirely a terrible franchise the first film was good i quite like the second film and it was either the second or the third Where there's a moment where it's like um, this demon. There's like a. This demon's trying to possess one of the kids in the house, one of the teenagers. And it starts standing on him, and you just see his chest depressing. It was a really cool effect. Um, And it was quite, quite a scary one. I think that might have been the second one, or. I wouldn't say the second, or third, or fourth. I don't want to say the third one. I don't think it was the third one. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. But yeah, there's been so many sequels. I do think it's a case of people just going. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an Amsteville film. Fuck it. I mean, I've watched an Amsteville film um, release. I'm not going to name names. Literally had zero to do with the house. The house didn't make an appearance, but it was used for the artwork, and it was just like, I mean, the film itself wasn't that great. It was a, it was a, a lockdown film. So it unfortunately fell, fell folly to the trope of you have to be a bit inventive when you're making a lockdown film and people are isolating some films did it well like host or hosts the um the zoom film i thought that was excellent others not so not so much and that one was a cheap cheap cash grab uh amateurville karen franacan says aren't all karen's possessed you think so you'd think so the way that they behave i want to see a manager let me speak to your manager uh next up guillermo del toro teases that he's currently writing a monster movie between netflix pinocchio and the cabinet of curiosities guillermo del toro has had a pretty massive year here in 2022 but what's next for the visionary oscar-winning filmmaker i need to check out pinocchio actually i'm off next week i might try and squeeze that in then um but cabinet of curiosities i'm about halfway through i have found that i'm sort of just jumping between series at the moment. As with any sort of anthology thing, some episodes are better than others, and I did find the first two or three were good. I think it's the fourth one I watched most recently wasn't that great which is a shame because i had a good cast in it, including like martin Staff, freaks and geeks you know one of my favorite shows of all time it wasn't a great episode um speaking with variety's awards circuit podcast over this month del toro noted that he's not yet sure if cabinet of curiosities will be getting a second season but he did tease another project entirely um he tells the podcast well i'm working on a monster movie i cannot say the title because it may change and i could end up making something else but right now i'm hoping i'm writing and designing and we have for the last couple of years. Hopefully it'll be next, but anything can happen. I do like, I do like Del Toro. Again, he's not a John Carpenter for me. Um, and I do also find like the CGI thing, like I say, it's it can sometimes be a little bit jarring for me, but he is better at making it look more practical. Like, the Hellboy films, they're not, like, over-the-top silly with the CGI. But yeah, I've, I like the first couple of cabinet curiosities. I just need to finish it. I'm currently I'm starting to now pay a bit more attention to Midnight Club. Um, but yeah, I, I do find I'm best if I stick to one show and binge it. I think I've finished binging Buffy now. Uh, I'm now just watching episodes here and there like Criminal Minds Evolution. Nice little cling fanger on last week's episode. Um, I watched an episode of The Watcher actually earlier today um uh, yeah when i was having my dinner that's not a very good series (laughs) i don't know if i'll be finishing that that's not very good (laughs) uh let's move on there's something wrong with the children a trailer has dropped kids kill parents in roxanne benjamin's new movie comes from john squires by discuss.com Blumhouse has joined forces with epics to develop and produce eight elevated standalone horror genre thriller movies exclusively for the network And up next from that collaboration is There's Something Wrong With The Children, directed by Roxanne Benjamin, who worked on VHS and Southbound, and coming to digital on demand on January 17th, 2023. The film will later be hitting MGM Plus on March 17th. Uh, There's a trailer uh, in the link that I will drop into the chat right now. Um... The cast for the Something Wrong with the Children includes Zach Guilford, Amanda Crew, Alicia Wainwright, Carlos Santos, Briella Gueza, and David Mattel. When Margaret and Ben take a weekend trip with longtime friends Ellie and Thomas and the two young children, Ben begins to suspect something supernatural is occurring when the kids behave strangely after disappearing into the woods overnight. I was thinking there's something wrong with the children was a remake because i'm sure that there's previously been a film called there's something wrong with the children no chat let me know if that title sounds familiar um but the poster artwork looks interesting looks a bit kind of supernatural maybe alien-esque a lot of neon green in that um but yeah check out the trailer see if it's something you're interested in next up project wolf hunting trailer teases non-stop gore and ultra violence this is from brad misca blood disgusting it's going to be a bloody valentine's day when well go usa unleashes the ultra violent project wolf hunting on home entertainment uh blood disgusting has the brand new trailer for the festival smash hit that is straight up one of the goriest and most violent action slashes they've ever seen Project Wolf Hunting, which night run on Film Street, hailed as one of the most savage, bloodthirsty action movies of the year, debuts on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD on February 14th from WellGo USA Entertainment with a brand new English dub. Uh, it will then be available for Screenbox and Hiya subscribers exclusively to stream beginning May 15th. The film is explosively fun, a high-octane beast of a splatterfest that's jam-packed with midnight chaos from broken bones to exploding heads. Uh, The below trail is just a small taste of just how extreme project wolf hunting gets. In the film, while under heavily armed guard, the dangerous convicts aboard a cargo ship unite in a coordinated escape attempt that soon escalates into a bloody all-out riot. But as the fugitives continue their brutal campaign of terror, they soon discover that not even the most vicious among them is safe from the horror they are knowingly unleashed from the darkness below deck. Um, it plays out like a superior version of Jason Takes Manhattan, blended in a mixer with everything from Resident Evil to Predator and Con Air. I'll drop a link in the chat, that does sound cool. Does sound like something I've got to check out. Uh, Frown the Canon in the chat mentions there's The Children from 2008. Yeah, I had a feeling there was like an 80s film. Uh, An 80s film, like maybe an 80s Spanish horror um about like killer kids with well i mean there's been films with killer kids we talked about the brood on the david cronenberg episode but i guess in terms of yeah like i'm just, i just thought that, that that title exactly as it was sounded familiar but maybe not but yeah i mean maybe it was the children um we might talk about that one okay this one caught my attention because i have heard of this book before the Deep Amazon making a series out of underwater horror novel that scared Stephen King. It comes from John Squad's blood disgusting. Published in twenty fifteen and praised by Stephen King and Clive Barker. Nick Cutter's underwater horror novel, The Deep, is getting a series adaptation at Amazon. C. Henry Chison is writing the series for Amazon Studios. Clive Barker called the novel utterly terrifying, while Stephen King similarly raved, similarly raved that The Deep scared the hell out of me, its old-school horror at its best. Set in the near future, The Deep centres on a research station at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, where a miraculous discovery signals a new hope for humanity, but secrets unearthed on the ocean floor may hold devastating consequences for the world above uh the book's official synopsis reveals more about the storyline i won't talk about that because i am interested in reading the book it's been on my to read list for a while um oh god burps i'm so sorry about the uh about that chat's got some more news so fran says is that island of lost children could well be, uh, baby. Yes, uh, yes, there's an '80s film called "Children Two: Radioactive Killer Kids Off a School Bus," and John says the children, 1980. Yeah, so I wasn't completely wrong. Um, there's been a few killer kid films. Then I just I thought that title. I thought that title itself uh, sounded similar, but uh, there's a few, a few, a few ones out there. But yeah, Amazon, Amazon are just... They've got a lot of things that sound intriguing coming out. You know, there's apparently... I don't know if it's 100% being confirmed yet. Apparently talk of them and Mike Flanagan doing a Dark Tower series. Now, I'm a big Stephen King fan, as we know. But I've never really massively got into the Dark Tower. And I've only read the first three books. I started on the fourth, Wizard and Glass. And I just... I tapped out because I was like... I found... Not so much The Gunslinger, because that's quite a short book, but um, The Drawing of the Three and The Wasteland, I found them good, but just such a slog to get through. I found with those books that there was they just felt like so much padding, because there was just a lot of pages dedicated to not a lot actually occurring or developing. In, in my opinion, maybe I need to give them a, re- a reread, but I know it's one of the biggest things, it's King's Magnum Opus. There was the film with Matthew McConaughey and Idris Alba That wasn't very good. Um, but I know that, you know, um, Mike Flanagan's a big King fan. He's in a few adaptations already. It's probably going to be good, if not decent, under, under his watch. So I'm intrigued in that. I believe that we're getting that. I'm not entirely sure if that's been confirmed. Also, they are going to be doing, with Henry Cavill, a Warhammer 40K series and films or something along those lines intriguing i did a warhammer video on the youtube channel uh painting for the first time learning you know a lot of things not to do but i don't i'm interested but i don't know a lot about the story i don't know a lot about the lore i mean i've looked online it seems incredibly convoluted so if there's a series of it i'm intrigued but um yeah i don't know how much of a hit crimes output has kind of been uh, I really couldn't get into Rings of Power. I thought the first episode was great but from that point it's been a slog and I never finished it. Um, I don't know if I will. <laughs> I really just struggled to get into that. Um, what else have Prime done? I'm sure they've done, Prime's done a lot of good stuff that I've liked but uh, more often than not it's not really where I kind of go to binge new series. Um... Yeah, that's not more often than not Netflix, but then Netflix, you know, I was hugely looking forward to The Witcher when that was coming out. I haven't finished the first season. Couldn't really get into it. I, you know, I love The The Witcher 3, the video game, but yeah, I'm always interested to see if an adaptation could be good. I probably should read the novel first, though. That, Like I say, it's on my to-read list. I just need to get around to actually reading it. Okay, we've got one more bit of news, then. It is awards time, baby. So interesting stuff this pop a link in the chat in case you want to check out the image bloody new evil dead rise image shows off the boom stick john squires by discussing a com director lee cronin who did the hole in the ground which is pretty good actually brings the evil dead franchise back to the big screen on april 21st 2023 new movie evil dead rise and another new tease has arrived Empire shares the exclusive new image from Evil Dead Rise that you'll find below, and it spotlights two of the franchise's most iconic elements, a boomstick and a whole lot of blood. Teasing Evil Dead Rise, Lee Cronin tells Empire, it straps you onto a rocket that's fueled by blood. You can either get off or you stay till it explodes. Gabriel Eccles, uh, Morgan Davies and Nell Fisher will star in the new movie alongside Alyssa Sutherland and Lily um, Sullivan. Here's the official synopsis for Evil Dead Rise. In the fifth Evil Dead film, a road-weary Beth pays an overdue visit to her older sister Ellie, who is raising three kids on her own in a cramped LA apartment. The sister's reunion is cut short by the discovery of a mysterious book deep in the bowels of Ellie's building, giving rise to flesh-possessing demons and thrusting Beth into a primal battle for survival as she is faced with the most, ni- the most nightmarish version of motherhood imaginable um sam raimi bruce campbell and robert tapert are producing it would Rise*. according to campbell the three have been very involved in the project every step of the way now i will say that synopsis does does sound like it's giving a fair bit away so beth's our main character visiting her older sister ellie who's raising her three kids in a cramped apartment. When it says a bit further on, and thrusting Beth into a primal battle for survival as she is faced with the most nightmarish version of motherhood imaginable. So Ellie's going to get possessed. That feels like that's an incredibly big spoiler there. Um, But I mean, I've enjoyed the Evil Dead films. Same in the TV series, I just really can not I enjoyed series one but I just found it was one of those shows I've still want to finish series two. I just found it's one of those shows where I didn't want to binge it. I didn't finish an episode and go, I oh, gotta watch another episode. And that is normally an indication for if I really like a show or not. If I wanna watch if I wanna watch the next one, if I wanna see what happens next. If it's just a case of mm, yeah, that's good. That happened then I'm not that invested, you know. Um so in the chat the trailer for the amazon miniseries the rig looks like it could be good says fran fran also says give me a series based on the gaunt's ghosts warhammer 40k novel series it'd be like band of brothers meets science fiction Hmm. that does sound très intéressant très intéressant indeed right as i say no reviews no homework we get into the festive season this is going to be a fairly short show actually i need to bring up my my list of awards but we are now going to go to our featured presentation Here we are. The 2022 inaugural Ministry of Horror End of Year Awards. What'll win? What'll lose? Who have I missed? Probably a lot of people. Probably a lot of films. I only put this together to get today. You'll probably be able to tell that. I feel that this music will get very distracting for me so i may well uh drop it down now there we go <laughs> i thought i had that playing throughout and then i was just like no i I'm, end- I'm just gonna end up uh, trying to syncopate my um my-, my words with uh with the music <laughs> are they the ghoulies or the spookies oh yeah i forgot about that i was even gonna actually do some imagery you know actually make some awards pictures but i just ran out of time It's been very busy these are the ghoulies these are the ghoulies the uh, 2022 ghoulies um i've got one award here that um i couldn't help but not mention and we'll leave that till much later on but these, I I kind of thought, you know, what are the things that have stood out to me this year? Um, there may be some award categories that I've just generally missed, but I've kind of thought, let's I want to kind of cover the basis of what I have enjoyed in various kind of categories. What has stood out to me this year that I think should be the inaugural war award winner? Sorry for these burps. I do not know what they're coming from um for the first annual moh 2022 ghoulie awards first up we are gonna talk best tv uh best horror tv there's been a fair amount of things that have come out this year we had stranger things series four we've had a a a remake of a re-adaptation or whatever you want to call it of land of the dead Chucky season two, which I don't actually think is that good. That's one of those shows that I am kind of struggling through. I thought series one was decent, but series two as much as I like Jennifer Tilly over the top bouncing around because she is in this series bouncing around. That's not me being uh being crude. Um it's not that great so far, and I'm only about four episodes in. I haven't seen Liv Morgan in it yet. I have seen that scene. Um, I'm surprised I haven't noticed that bit yet because I'm sure she's in the opening credits of one of the most recent episodes. Maybe I just didn't pay attention because it hasn't, like I said, it's not that really great. Um, cabinet of Curiosities, we mentioned. I'm kind of slowly getting through that. So there's been some decent, decent to middling new horror this year on our TVs, um, you know, horror adjacent things. But one show did stand out to me and it's a shame that this show won't be getting a second season because I think that this for me has stood out as one of those shows that I have wanted to see what happens next and I have binged. Now I've binged Series 4 of Stranger Things. I binge every season of Stranger Things when it comes out. Um, but I kind of thought in terms of originality and newness, my award for best TV is archive 81 archive 81 is an american supernatural horror streaming television series developed by rebecca sonnishine um who produced the show with paul harrison boardman and james Wan. um it came out on january 14th 2022 um it was watched for 128.47 million hours globally according to netflix's top 10 but in march the series was cancelled after one season Based on a podcast of the same name that began 2016. I will actually have to have a look for that podcast. Well, I remember actually much do that now just because I will I will forget and I have an awful memory. Archive 81 Archive 81 by Dead Signals uh series one um um I'll just click on download episode okay Oh, because i'll forget otherwise um so it stars um mamadoui athi and dina she uh shihabi in the lead roles as dan and melody dan is hired by a mysterious company to restore video footage of grad student melody's documentary project on an apartment building that burnt down i thought this was just excellent it was intriguing it was a mystery um there were kind of horror elements in it with like a like a cult um, some sort of like Old Ones-esque type cult. So I guess you could say a little bit of a H.P. Lovecraft influence to to an extent. Um, the mixture of looking at this like VHS footage, what he's trying to piece together this mystery as the mystery is unfolding. I thought this is brilliant. It's a real shame that we won't get a second season. Um, it does have a little bit of a cliffhanger ending for sure. But it's a show that I think I'm going to have to at some point revisit. Because I had a great time with this, um, and I implore you to give it a watch if you haven't already. Um, let's have a look at what the chat. So, Fran says, "I think Red Rose was an interesting show this year, much better than I expected it to be." Yeah, I was intrigued with Red Rose. I did, I did pretty much kind of start binging that uh, as well. I think there were certain things with it that we discussed in my review, which uh, I thought like. Timeline-wise, they were listening to very 90s music, but then they had cell phones, so it's a bit kind of confusing as to what sort of time period this is placed, unless that's just what they listen to up north, I don't know, (laughs) I'm clearly a southern boy. Um, And also some of the elements, like um, like one of the girls, she seems to have a jack-of-all-trades, you know, she works in a pub, she works in a shop. Uh, and I, you know, by herself in most instances, and I know it's a TV show, but I've worked in retail and you're not allowed to sell alcohol um, underage. If you're in a shop, you have to have an adult there to confirm that you can you can sell it. Me- maybe there were six formers and she was 18. I don't know, but I thought this is... No, come on, come on now. I know that it felt a little bit Americanized in places, but at the same point, I found the story itself very intriguing and I liked the way that they went with it. I liked that everything wasn't entirely wrapped up with a neat bow it left intrigue and i think if they did do a second season of red rose i would watch it i would watch it um i didn't think it went too over the top with it with its story i think that was it's was pretty good it, it certainly led to a larger mystery um initially thinking is it satanic um or something like that but oh no, yeah red rose was pretty decent actually but yeah my best tv for the year was archive 81 so our next award should probably should have prepared these titles i'm going to to write them out as we go is oh fuck that's going to get too big isn't it (laughs) but that's fine for the moment uh is best indie best independent film now it's tough to describe um to say what's an indie film and what's a big budget studio film a lot of the horror that i have watched this year i probably would say is is independent films that have been picked up by shudder um how how, how can you differentiate between what's an independent one as opposed to a what's a big budget i mean there's been a hell of a lot of independence really but the main one that kind of stood out to me just because of how much fun I had watching it. It had some good moments of jump scares, um, some good... Uh, I mean, the effects themselves weren't weren't great, but I liked the whole style and the setup, and um, I thought it was a brilliant darkly comic horror. Uh, this could easily have been a best-found footage if I did a best-found footage, but I haven't watched that much found footage this year. So I thought instead, no, 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 this should be the best independent, because it's certainly not a big-budget Hollywood film. But it stood out to me, Uh, and that is the Shudder exclusive, Deadstream. Man, this is one of those films that I definitely just keep thinking, I need to give this a rewatch, because I just had so much fun with it. I had so much fun with it. Uh, It's a supernatural horror, directed, written, produced, and edited by wife and husband, Vanessa and Joseph Winter, in their directorial debut, which I think is a hell of an achievement, with Joseph also acting as a lead actor and soundtrack composer, A plot is a disgraced content creator attempting to resurrect his career by live-streaming himself, spending the night in a notorious haunted house. The film uses a found-footage format, displaying the live-stream itself. And that was just so inventive. I mean, first off, I've got to give huge props to Vanessa and Joseph Winter. Joseph Winter appears... I don't know if he directed it as well, but he appeared in one of the better segments of VHS 99. VHS 99 was a fairly mediocre entry in comparison to vhs 94 which i thought was brilliant um one of his segment in that was was a standout where uh, the, him and a colleague basically watching like a possession or an exorcism type video or something or event something of like that they're filming it end up getting sent to hell or a hell dimension it, it's just very inventive and it has that humor this guy is very funny and in here he is doing a solo ghost hunt at this decrepit old house but what i just found so inventive was how he's doing it solo it all seemed to make sense he had all these gopros he's putting them up around the house and then kind of syncing them to his tablet and putting names on the gopros which becomes a comedic element a bit later on when he attaches one to like a a fashioned together spear like spear cam or something um The moments when he's in some real terror and he's like screaming like a child but then he's looking at the chat and he's arguing with the live chat i just thought it was just so original and funny and it really stood out to me um really really stood out to me (laughs) fran the cannon very good fran the cannon's favorite is a, a coin flip between temple of doom and raiders of the lost ark now whether that's just a joke or not i will also say that the one the most beloved is the one that i don't really actually well not that i don't like but it's never stood out to me and that is um the third one with sean connery i don't think that's that good i certainly don't think it's as good as temple of doom which is my favorite and raids of the lost ark um the last crusade wasn't it can't remember um but yeah you could say that either those are excellent indie films very good found very good yeah dead stream it's an excellent little found footage or uh, i can't remember what the uh there's like another name for found footage outside of this Uh, i can't see what it is it's like live stream or, or live footage i don't know but there's like another sort of sub sub genre from that for like a live stream horror kind of similar to hosts um so there we go. Deadstream is my winner of Best Indie. So my next award is. Did I spell that right? Best Gore. What film has had the best gore this year? Now, I'm not a huge, huge gore fiend. Um, When I was younger and getting into horror, yeah, it's one of those things where, oh, yeah, the. Why does the camera cut away? You want to see the gore? Blah, 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 blah. And then as you know, my tastes got a bit more nuanced and I found that, you know, the imagination, 10 times out of 10, creates things scarier than what you see on screen. Um, I never really liked the sort of the torture porn films. Like I thought the first Hostel was interesting because of it flipping the genre of a, a teen comedy, although the teens do sound a little bit rapey. They don't sound like good bros. They are very bro. But it has that kind of initial feel of a little bit problematic American Pie-esque humour then being turned on its head to one of our kind of earlier introductions to this uh, torture horror, because torture porn is incredibly derivative, um, but you could easily use that for a lot of later films in that genre. And the first Saw film, of course, as well. They are the two best examples. Um, Saw is, I think, the better film out of the two so that's kind of where a lot of gore seemed to center was in that sort of torture area because you can't have a torture porn film without gore really can you otherwise it's uh it's too light if you're just insinuating the the horror uh as much as i do think that again as i say what you don't see is normally scarier than what you do see Because half the time you can go oh, that looks fake oh it's crap that's all cgi you know but uh, I can't have horror awards without talking about best gore. Now, not too many things jumped out to me. There's been films that have had various levels of, of gore in them, some surprising, some not so surprising. But there's one that's had a level of notoriety this year. It's one that I didn't have much interest in watching because I uh, i didn't like the first film at all really i thought that the character that's the the front centerpiece of this film series looked great but I just the films that he was in weren't of any interest to me and fran has guessed it it, it, it couldn't be anything other than Terrifier too i actually think this is a pretty good film which surprises me so much because yes it's a bit overly long yes the acting is fairly shonky in places and i guess you could say well it's a gory film it's heavily inspired by 80s over-the-top gore slashers sure of course um but we're in 2022 we have to kind of hold things to a slightly higher standard i feel but There were some great performances in this. Of course, Art the Clown, um, Lauren Lavera, um, Elliot Fillmore, I don't think, was very good. Sarah Voigt was great in this as well. And the core in this film is insane. There were reports during its cinema run, um, which was highly successful. This film was made for 250k, it's made 12 million at the box office. Uh, it's that little film that could and it had a lot of marketing or a lot of word of mouth and initially when i heard that apparently a lot of cinemas they had to have ambulances on standby because of people growing up and you know passing out and you hear that back in the day with the exorcist and i do think the exorcist is excellent but you know different standards you watch that now and you think really you know and you could say that like now, that, oh, it's just a marketing ploy, it's absolute nonsense. But I'd imagine if you're someone who hasn't seen anything outside of mainstream horror, or maybe hasn't seen horror, but if you've only ever seen mainstream horror, you've not seen splatterfest horror, you know, gore, gore lover type horror, grindhouse, whatever. And if you then see something like this, Excuse me again. Chances are, you probably will feel upset because <laughs> there's some fucked up gore in this film. Straight off the bat, the f- opening five minutes, when um, Art has come back to life and he takes the eye and bashes in the head of a-, a mortuary assistant, it's brutal. um He flays another woman, pours like salt and acid on wounds, and it's 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 ridiculous. And it's really the sort of film that I wouldn't normally think that I would watch and recommend but here we are i think it's got the best gore this year nothing else has really jumped out to me for this kind of category outside of terrifier 2 winner of the best gore um so the next one next award oh shit again i should have really really written these all out first i'll have to look at my phone for my list of course that text is going to be too big so let's minimize that down the next award is for most shocking most shocking film um and this this award may seem like it's going to overlap essentially with our next award but i think they're quite different they are quite different hey my name is earl better late than never don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, most shocking award. Now, a film will stand out in my mind if there's a particular moment or feel that stays with me. Um, and I will, I'll mention our next award after this one. Actually, no, we'll talk about that one separately. Because I do think that's a it's it's different there's a difference and how many films can i say i've watched this year that i've thought were incredibly shocking that had me thinking what the fuck but there's only one that's really stood out in my mind um that we we talked about i think during the summer actually i think it was uh late summer maybe autumn that this came onto onto shudder we reviewed it on the show um but this was this was a film that was tense, a tense drama thriller. For the most part, you can tell something isn't quite right. And boy, something was not quite right. Most shocking award in 2022 MOH Ghoulies is Speak No Evil. Uh, 2022 psychological horror thrill um, thriller film directed by Christian Taftdrop from a screenplay he co-wrote with his brother Mads um this is a dutch danish collaboration um mostly shot most of the film is shot in english centers on bjorn and louise a danish couple who are invited by patrick and karen a dutch couple to their country house for a weekend holiday the hosts soon begin to test the limits of their guests as the situation escalates you can tell something isn't quite right i mean this is a film that's on shudder so you know it's going to be a bit horror centric but it just, it plays up the levels of tension, I think, brilliantly. There's these moments of two couples hanging out, and then certain moments of dialogue, or certain little moments of behaviour, you think, oh, that's not quite right. That's not quite right. And you could easily look at these things and go, oh, why don't they just drive away straight away? Why don't they do that? They're a very meek couple. Not everyone, in the moment, it's one of those things where people will say, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. You probably wouldn't you're probably talking shit it's easy to arm armchair book a film let's say uh and say oh if someone did that i'd get out of there not necessarily you might just sort of not even notice it at the time you might sort of think that's, that's not quite right and you'd maybe confront the issue which i'm being very vague because i do think you should watch this but uh there are moments in this film when the behavior between the two couples really starts to, to 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 ramp up which then leads us to the the finale and it's the finale that's the most shocking in this film uh there's a particular moment where when we realize we know we know where this is leading there's a discovery of a body in a pool by the main character um he doesn't tell his wife because i guess he doesn't want to terrify her and, and their daughter when they're trying to make this uh this escape um and that was probably his kind of final mistake which then leads to uh a rescue which really isn't a rescue and it just leads to an incredibly shocking moment and an incredibly sad end to a film um you could say is that oh, is that similar to something like eden lake eden lake's a very powerful film but incredibly dark and the sort of film i couldn't watch again just because it's so it's it's downer it is downer and this is kind of similarly downer but i suppose there's more moments of hope in this or seemingly moments of hope than than eden lake which doesn't really have that has maybe one moment of hope in it yeah. uh but if eden lake was getting released this year i'd probably say something like eden lake would be most shocking but speaking of evil is a very powerful film i would highly recommend it and the finale to this is shocking So, next up, what have I got next? The award we're looking at next is, oh shit, too big, Best Sequence. So, the reason I said that this may be construed as being similar to um, most shocking is that the sequence in this film, again, it happens in the finale, and again, this is quite shocking, but I do feel that this stands out more uh, in terms of I don't necessarily understand what was occurring. Um, this is a film I can't necessarily say I liked. I didn't dislike it. I just genuinely did not really get what was occurring, what was going on. I know it's had it had a mixed reception on its release with some people saying... Oh, it's very woke. I was. It's always annoying people throw around woke. Like you do get some things where it's just overtly preachy, for whatever the subject is. But sometimes people are just showcasing their, uh, their, um, innate disgruntledness at things by saying, "Oh, that's awful because it's highlighting an issue." You know, and you just sort of think, "Come on, man, get with the times, man." Um. I'm talking about the finale to the Alex Garland film, Men. So this it stars Roy, Rory Kinnear, as pretty much every male character bar one, and Jessie Buckley. Jessie Buckley's had a, uh, oh this film was edited by Jake Roberts apparently, I'm sure it's not the, the snake. Um, Jessie Buckley has had the apparent suicide of her husband James and she retreats to the the, the countryside, Hertfordshire. Um she's having these weird instances where she's meeting every male character that's played by Rory Kinnear, different sort of characters, but it is very, very, very strange and there's um this weird stuff involving the green man, a lot of stuff I really didn't quite understand. Maybe I need to watch it again. You know, I read up on stuff after watching this and I still didn't really understand it. But it then leads to this attack in her house, or the house that she's staying at. She gets a bit mesmerised. This hand's coming through the uh, the letterbox, and she stabs into it, and the hand pulls back, and it's basically the two fingers are flopping either side of each other, and it's like it almost looks like a his arm's been turned into a two-pronged tentacle. But that's appearing on all these different versions of these characters that are pursuing her through and around this this house which then leads to this birthing scene or birthing recreation again i it was visually incredible visually incredible but it's the sort of thing where I had to take a screenshot on my phone and send it to my friends, going, I do not understand what I'm watching. And their response was, You watch some real fucked up stuff. It's <laughs> like, This is the guy that made Ex Machina, right? I thought that was excellent. Men is a, it's an interesting film. Again, like I said, didn't dislike it. I thought it had some great moments of tension. Um, but the sequence in the finale was just incredible, mind blowing, powerful. I just didn't necessarily understand what was going on, especially in that finale. Um, all right, no worries, Eddie. See you later in the chat. Um, da, 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 what were we what were we saying in the chat? So, da, 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 da. my name is not Earl. Never heard of it. I think that might have been Speak No Evil. Um, baby, I just need a sequel to this. I need payback on a certain couple. I'd like to see. I'd like to see a sequel. I, you know, it's really sad ending very sad ending um fran of course guessed that this was men of course of course uh it just it stood out it really stood out um let me have a look what is the next thing in my list okay so when we talk horror we one of the epitomes of horror Really sorry about the burps. I do not know why I keep burping tonight, more so than usual. Um, one of the mainstays of horror, kind of solidified in the slashers from the late seventies and, and the eighties, but has then been exemplified in films such as you know, Scream, um, so on and so forth, is the archetypal Scream Queen. So who has been a standout Scream Queen for me in twenty twenty two? Uh, Now Jenna Ortega has really sort of appeared in a lot of stuff recently, um, Studio 666. She's now on Wednesday, which isn't necessarily a Scream Queen type role, but she was in uh, Scream 2000 and, uh, well, the new Scream film, which was this year, I'm pretty sure. Can't remember. I think it was around this time. Um, Also the actress whose name escapes me in Malignant, which was the end of last year. But we've had a few new faces appearing so this is for a new scream queen or the scream scream queen standout 2022 um and again this wasn't a hard one for me this is a new actress i don't know if she's done that many roles previously but a hell of a performance and just stood out head and shoulders above every other kind of scream queen performance that i can think of this year, although it was very tight with another actress, I will say, but this one in terms of pure screen queen protagonist was uh, Lauren lavera Again, Terrifier Two. If you'd have told me, Tez, you're going to be doing an awards show at the end of the year, and not only are you going to give Terrifier Two an award, you're technically going to give the film two awards. I'd have told you, shut your face. You're lying. Why are you saying these things to me? You're wrong. But no, I I think her performance, along with Art the Clown, and of course Chris Jericho's little role as Burke at the end, um, (laughs) are the standouts uh, in this film. Really, they are. Um, She she dominates the scenes that she's in. um, And her performance just, she goes for a lot of shit, she takes a fair amount of damage. But she has some great sequences when with the dream sequence at um everything tastes a bit funny at Arts Cafe, I think it's the little jingle. Those moments, yeah, you know, it she's just brilliant in this film, I thought. Um my name is Naella Chad. Uh, I 100 percent agree with you. The girl from Terrified 2 is phenomenal. Yeah, her performance in this is just brilliant. I, I hope to see her in more horror roles. Um again you could say that you know maybe doesn't want to get typecast i don't know i don't know what sort of uh, other film projects she has going on um there are talks of there being a terrifier 3 that's planned with further installments that will slowly build on arts background and motives um which i would be interested in but in terms of her role as a new scream queen i thought it really one of the things that Terrifier 2 did which got me more invested in in this franchise is gave a story i felt that terrifier one just didn't have much of a story i felt that what i thought was a protagonist got bisected fairly early on um and then it just seemed to be a bit kind of just oh it's art the clown going around butchering people and it felt a bit hackneyed to me Terrified to the director, took that feedback on board. And obviously not from me, but I guess it's a, a a feeling that a lot of people maybe had. He's given us a story. Like I say, not all the performances are great, but hers stands out. Lauren Levere stands out head and shoulders above as uh, Sienna Shaw. So, yeah, she was our Scream Queen for the year. Now, the next award is, well, this is the Horror Awards. There's another genre that maybe isn't as popular as horror in this day and age, but I do feel it's horror adjacent and I kind of feel it's almost a kind of horror subgenre because horror doesn't necessarily mean blood and guts, doesn't necessarily mean ghosts, doesn't necessarily mean over the top. Uh, This is the award for best thriller of the year. Uh, Now, for this award, not that many thrillers stood out to me this year. Like I say, the the thriller genre, more often than not, kind of gets lumped in with psychological thriller. And I do find that when I hear the term psychological thriller, I start thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, if we're going to get to the finale and it's going to be a case of Oh, it was all in their head. Oh, it was them all along. Then fuck off. Um, a an ex-girlfriend of mine um wanted to show me her favourite film. And I'm always interested in that. Like uh I remember a prior ex wanted to see my favourite film. I thought she doesn't really like horror, so I'll go with my horror adjacent favourite, which is Aliens. Aliens are the thing in my horror adjacent, but I would say the thing's a horror film. Uh, and she said, yeah, great. I mean, it looked a bit old. I was like, fuck off. We watched the Blu-ray of that. That looks excellent. But okay, fine. What's her favorite? Same director, James Cameron's Avatar. And I was like, your favorite film at that time came out a couple of years ago. Okay, fair enough. It made a big impact on you. But not not my thing. Um. Anyway, an ex-girlfriend recently wanted to show me her favorite film, which was a Robert De Niro film. I can't remember exactly what it was called. It's like hide and seek or something. Anyway, as the film was going on, I was like, this is interesting. But I started thinking, oh, for fuck's sake. He is the killer, isn't he? He's not being pursued by anyone. It's him. It's all in his head. Schizophrenic. Lo and behold, what was it? Yeah, bullshit. So when I hear psychological thriller, I automatically start thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be an all in their head. Bollocks. Uh, But this film has had a weird release schedule Um, And that is... Well, I thought was the one of the real sort of standouts for me of thrillers in, in 2022. Watcher. Not the TV series on Netflix, which I am really finding is actually not very good. <laughs> um, no, this is the uh, film from Chloe Okuno, um, starring the excellent Micah Monroe, along with Carl Gloosman and Bern Gorman. So this had its world premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in January 2022. It was released in the United States on June 3rd, 2022, by IFC Midnight and Shudder. Now, I was expecting this to be on Shudder, you know, around middle of the year. It wasn't appearing. I ended up seeing a review copy, which I'm very, very grateful for. I then saw in November that this was getting its UK cinema release. And I was thinking, that's a brave move. Um... Does it have the pull to be a cinema film? I mean, I would have 100% seen this in the cinema. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it went to the cinema in the UK, which, okay, fair dues. But I think this was excellent. It had the uh, incredible performance from Micah Monroe, who's a, who's a potential frontrunner for another award that she she missed out on. But I think think she is excellent. Of course, It Follows is one of my favourites of the last you know 20 years. Um... And we have these great moments of paranoia and tension. The setting of uh, of Bucharest, I think, is really oppressive. Um, we find a lot of people around her are speaking in Romanian. She doesn't speak the language, so we're feeling that isolation that she does. Um, it has some great moments and it's great sequences, and I think uh the 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 final third of the film is brilliant. Really stands out for me. Um my name is not on the chat. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that. Hide and seek the Dakota Fanning. Yeah, that's the one. It wasn't necessarily a bad film, but the whole... Oh, here's the reveal. I just thought, get fucked. (laughs) I just don't like that trope, to be honest. I don't... I'm not a massive fan of that trope. So we're coming up to our last few awards. Um... And I think before we get on to our final bests, we will talk about... Um... Our one and only award that's negative the worst film twenty twenty two now this may not come as a surprise to some people, and it may seem like I act like I actively hate this film. I don't, and as I say on this channel before, this is an inclusive place you know men women non binary horror fans, thriller fans, gore fans, supernatural fans, you know, whatever, genre fans, franchise fans. Everyone's opinions respected. So don't think I'm attacking any particular film with my worst film pick. If you like this film great, that's cool. We're all we're all good here, okay? Um <laughs> baby ice in the chat it better be you know who and yes i actively hate this film but there's only one and there's been bad films released this year okay don't get me wrong not everything's been golden and it will seem like it may be a cheap shot to pick this film but for me i went into this film with low expectations it's a sequel it's the end of a trilogy supposedly you will know what I'm talking about. Um, And I just felt that I heard the synopsis for this film on the news going into it, and I thought, okay, my opinion and my intrigue in this is dropping even lower. I felt the marketing was a bold-faced lie. And I just felt the end result was such a mishmash of ideas. And of course, it was Halloween ends. Halloween ends. Um fran the cannon surely must be grim cutty several of you couldn't finish it that's not a bad shout fran because i couldn't finish it and i would completely forgotten about that film i've forgotten about that film i haven't seen jeepers creepers reborn my name is not Earl. to be fair i have heard that that's terrible so i can only go on the films that i have i have seen grim cutty i will say yeah that was a bad film And I guess the reason that this comes in for me as a a worst film of the year is just because of the potential. Now, I loved 2018 Halloween. Again, we've talked about, we did a whole episode on the trilogy, the David Gordon Green trilogy so I don't need to re re re-go over some of these points, but 2018, loved it. Great companion piece. Halloween Kills Uh, Okay Maybe my opinion since watching Ends has softened on it, but I just felt that it was like they've made Michael into Jason. How is he all of a sudden able to take so much abuse in his 60s and his, you know, just appearing and mutilating massive groups of people multiple times? It just felt so jarring, but... It did have the 1978 flashback moment, which was very, very good. Um, And some of the kills were excellent. The... um, the eye gouge head tear was brilliant but halloween ends um halloween ends just there's this love story between Corey and allison where they're talking about running away together within the space of like three or four days okay um i wouldn't have hated that if they'd maybe introduced the Corey storyline a bit earlier maybe in 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 the film series it just felt kind of just so rushed with some of these things the whole things of michael getting pushed over he's powering up after he's killing people but people have been getting killed in this period just a lot slower just a lot of these things where it's like there's potential for some cool ideas in there some of the kills were good in in ends but for me, it's just... I, I ended the fi- I finished the film thinking as much as I'm a huge Halloween fan, this feels like on a similar level to Resurrection. Um, and what's worse is that there was a lot more potential. in this Resurrection. Resurrection was just like, let's just keep it going. This was supposed to be the end of a trilogy. It's supposed to be the final battle between Laurie and Michael. And it was just that just felt tacked on it felt like two different stories um so for me again and my name is not i know you liked to end so this isn't an attack i don't want it to feel like an attack uh, i know that people did like it there's a lot of people that are huge defenders are online so i would never want to attack someone's opinion because what films that i may love people may not have and people may disagree with my some of my final awards and that's completely fine Open discussion and discourse is is the, the keys here. So as I said at the start of the show, people, drop in the chat, because we're coming up to our final few awards, your favourite films of the year. If I haven't already mentioned any of them so far for the awards, what have been your favourite films this year? So that is going to lead me now to best... Um, to best actor, who has been, in my opinion, the best actor, the best male actor of of the year. We've seen a fair number of standout performances um, across a number of films. Not that many stick out in my head as I speak now, but the the main guy in uh, in Deadstream, uh, Winters, whatever his name is, Josh Winters i'm thinking of ethan winters from resident evil there's been some good standout performances here and there but for me i i had to give it to this performance because he's an actor that i've liked in a lot of films he's always had this endearing quality not all of his films have been great he was in tusk and i thought tusk was absolute shite but he's always just got this endearing charm to him. And he does have that in this. But that facade does slip. And I just think it's played excellently. That is Justin Long and his appearance in Barbarian. I, I, I think he was a huge surprise in this. Not a surprise that he's a great actor. I've known that for a long time. I'm seeing him performances such as, you know, like Dodgeball, uh, Accepted, So sort of comedy film that I really like. He's also in that weird... I was going to call it Chuck, but it's not Chuck. He was in that TV series that I didn't really understand if it was a comedy or a drama. Um, Obviously, Jeepers Creepers, talking horror. He's in the first Jeepers Creepers, although I don't really like... I don't really like going to the Jeepers Creepers franchise as much as the first film was really good for the most part. The fact it was made by a convicted pedo does sully it quite a lot unfortunately uh but yeah he was in that tv series ed which i never really understood if that was a comedy or a drama uh f is for family i've watched some of you know the cartoon series but his is a great he is a great actor um and his performance in this i thought was um it was brilliant he the film is really in kind of um three acts as a traditional sort of uh sort of film is where we have the opening where we meet uh we meet a character called tess we then move on to meeting the actor aj gilbride who is finding out that he's been fired due to rape allegations made by a co-star and he's being pressured to sell some assets to pay for his legal costs and it's really feeling like someone's just trying to get some money out of him you know what how could he be capable of doing these things he has been accused of um and you feel like that for the most part of this film as the film progresses and he he ends up uh, entering the storyline with Tess from the start of the film. But then you start finding out that actually he he's not entirely as nice as he wants to believe. He is actually quite self-serving. Um, and I just think he's played excellently because he just he still seems there's moments even after he's done some horrible things that he still kind of seems like maybe he's endearing maybe he made a mistake and i think that's test uh, that's tantamount to his ability as an actor he was also in um new girl as well before new girl just really got quite shit um <laughs> So best actor for me has to go to justin long in barbarian uh, if you've not seen the film or his performance in it i would recommend it give it a watch um for sure, I think it's it's a standout. So that leads us on to the award for best female actor or best actress, whatever the correct vernacular is now. Um, oh, thank you for Anakin in the chat for dealing with the uh, the porno bots. I knew we'd get attacked at some point. We always do. So best actress again, Michael Monroe was in with a shout. With her performance in Watchers or The Watcher, I should say. Um, a few other moments. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis. She does. She's she's always great in everything. I mean, I couldn't really give the best actress to the actress from Halloween Ends, because it's not entirely. Her performance is 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 great, but it's the script. You know, it's it lets the whole thing down. You can't really say someone's done the best acting in a film with a bad script in my opinion in my opinion but one woman appeared in uh in two films this year i think maybe the previous film was last year i'm not too sure i think they're both this year um and this performance stood out head and shoulders for me um michael monrose is great in watcher but i really couldn't pick anyone other than mia goth for her performance in pearl she does a great double header uh no pun intended <laughs> um um in x playing maxine and the pile but her performance carries the entire film for pearl she is front and center of of the film um and I can't say enough good things about it. I think out of the two, I probably do prefer X overall as a story. But Pearl is a brilliant origin story, um, co-written by West and Mia Goth, playing playing Pearl, uh, and Ty West obviously directed the film. I loved the setting for this. the 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 fonts on screen, the music, the transitions, the 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 feel. All the colours had this vibrant sort of Technicolor feel. It really did feel like a film. Made in that sort of 40s to 60s, but set in like the early 1900s, you know, the First World War sort of era. Um, obviously, with our modern sheen of great cameras that we have these days, but everything about it I thought was was just excellent. And as her mental state is deteriorating and she starts killing people, there's good moments of of terror there as well. Like she does come across as a really quite sweet girl. Until you get the moments where she is almost playing with choking out her father who's who's incapacitated and uh is kind of like trapped in his body, can't really talk or, or move or anything. And uh taking a an ax ach- an axe or a hatchet to this uh film director who's basically sort of taking advantage of her a bit before we then get to the finale um, and this sort of scene is a moment from it with a credits roll and I've, I've talked previously uh, There was the episode of Camelot Curiosities there was the um, finale of a wounded fawn that utilised this effect that I think Pearl did it the best most recently which was kind of ending the film on a scene and having the credits roll over that scene so in this the film ends with her smiling I won't say to who Um, and the credits start rolling and as she's smiling that smile's becoming more strained and tears are starting to form in the eyes and it becomes more and more unnerving I think that was done perfectly, it's a trope that I hope doesn't get repeated too much because you know, I thought a wounded form was a generally decent film, first act was better than the second act, but I really didn't like the just just thinking is something going to happen in this finale with the credit scroll no, it's just repeating the same thing over and over again but it was just done, I think perfectly by Mia Goth in pearl so guys and gals non-binary friends we've got to the very end um i haven't done like best director because just nothing's really jumped out to me as oh the direction that was incredible you know uh, i think I'd, I'd probably have to look at the films that i've liked and gone has the direction in this been better than that is there anything that's been stood out to me in terms of the the vision or the directing, or is it just the film and its tone or the performances that have stood out? So I'm not in a best director. Maybe that's something for a, a future, a future performance, future you know award show. Don't know. Maybe we'll see. But the final award tonight is for best film. Um. So I enjoyed. I've enjoyed Pearl. I've enjoyed watcher of course speak no evil deadstream really stood out you know to me as, as an excellent film but one of the films that i had a lot of help a lot of hype um i mean baby ice has mentioned got to be the black phone i thought the black phone was really good i don't think it was the best film of the year for my my opinion i thought the performances in it are great it was a great story uh great great final act but this is a film that I'd heard a lot of hype about, and a lot of the hype was saying, don't watch the trailer, don't watch anything about this, watch it blind. And I thought, oh, that's, that, that's intriguing me. I love to watch a film completely blind. I watched Smile Blind, and I thought it was okay, but not great. I don't think it lived up to the hype anywhere near it for me. I thought it had some good moments, but I thought in terms of a film based around a creepy smile, I've seen creepier smiles and other things so it wasn't a Smile scream i thought was excellent i really enjoyed scream the reveal of the killers i won't say who they are in case you haven't seen it i did think that they are get they get more and more sort of hackneyed with like you know scream three scream four i thought it was better it was one of the better sequels like you know one two and and five i'd probably say uh, sort of say the best but it wasn't a scream no for me and this film is now disney plus I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it and it's barbarian. I thought barbarian was just excellent. I, I think watching this, knowing absolutely nothing about it, other than hearing the hype, hearing that you know this is a shocking film i, I was just I was just hooked. I was just hooked to this, and it really isn't a film in th- of, of three acts. We get moments of finding out the backstory of. How and why this house is as it is. The opening with Tess meeting um, Keith, and you're thinking it's going to go one way, but is that a bit too obvious? Probably, but let's go along for the ride. Meeting Mother <laughs> for the first time. Absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. Um, the introduction then of um, Justin Long. Who I thought worked brilliantly with Georgina Campbell, who played Tess. Uh, Richard Brake, who we see um in a in a small role. I just thought performance in this was brilliant. I didn't know where the story was gonna go. I didn't think anything of it was overly predictable. You could say it goes a bit kind of silly, but then yeah, why not? Why not? I mean I guess it kind of makes makes sense. Um baby ice we need a viewers choice award lol i like barbarian but over black phone well i did put out that we should have a viewers choice but no one voted uh <laughs> baby ice so that's why there isn't a viewers choice award <laughs> because no one uh <laughs> no one uh no one put in the vote so um my name is not disappointed in scream and nope so i didn't watch nope i i i heard the premise of it i thought the tra- i watched the trailers didn't think it was my 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 kind of jam i heard the premise and i thought man i don't know so my fandom of um jordan peele has really been on a downward trajectory after get out which i thought was excellent for me that's kind of the debut peak and us i didn't really enjoy and nope i haven't watched nope to be fair but i have heard the general gist of it and i thought doesn't sound like my kind of thing really unfortunately uh so you preferred this over hellraiser yes yes i did hellraiser i think is the best hellraiser sequel outside of maybe two but that's not saying a whole lot because the hellraiser sequels are generally quite bad um hellraiser is is, it's a step up but i think this is a much better film i you know and I, i can see some people aren't agreeing with me and that's fine that's fine like i say if we do one next year Make sure to put in a vote for the Critics' Choice. Uh, you guys had a whole week. Um, I did say DM me on, on the Discord or on Twitter. So, sorry guys, no, no Community Award this year. <laughs> Maybe next year. Uh, that is all of the awards, though, for this year's Ministry of Horror 2022 Ghoulies Awards. Um... Let me know in the Discord, or I'm already getting a gist from the live chat that some of my picks people don't agree with, some of them uh they do. And that's fine. That's the whole point of uh, of communication and uh and discussion and having an open discord on these things. Um next week. Next week is either Um <laughs> Sorry, baby ice in the chat. We need a recount. DM Tez Gang ASAP. DMs are open. Um. <laughs> oh dear. God. I'm sorry. I just got a message saying uh, from one of the uh, one of the guys from the film company saying, "Can I get an assigned eight by ten of uh one of the." Film actresses from one of the horror films we did, who's very popular with the lads. You may be able to guess who that is. Um, I'll see what I can do. Oh Jesus. Um. Anyway, so in terms of next week, so this this coming week on the MOS network, we have another pre-recorded show, which is the worst wrestling. Categories of 2022, my votes, Lawrence's votes, along with I believe erratic agent, Crimson Mel, uh, Barclays, and uh, Martin Mathers. Be sure to check that out. I had a lot of fun recording that show. recorded at the same time, similar sort of time I should say, not same time as uh, <laughs> as the best of the year. Uh, and next week I may I may put together like a best of clip show of Ministry of Horror. I may just have the week off. I think maybe the Ministry of Horror can be off for a week. Um i'd like to have a night of not not streaming i say that i probably will end up streaming on twitch i'll probably be playing more pro wrestling sim pro wrestling manager because that's just that that was a lot of fun i'm going to resist the urge to stream that tonight but i think maybe tomorrow i'll do some more stepping into my role as the head booker of aew and seeing if i can do it any better than tony khan um but yeah, those are the awards for the year. Be sure to check out the Discord. Um and uh, you know, give the give the stream a like, give the channel a subscribe. If you listen to some audio platforms, be sure to give it a review. That helps the algorithms, all that stuff. Uh thank you, Fran, and the chat. Um yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy the show. Some some weeks uh some weeks uh easier than others. Um some topics are easier than others it's always fun to get guests on and so so on and so forth um but yeah i think uh, i think a week off would be good uh baby i says during that week off we're going to redo the votes for best film uh yeah you you can you can do a late addition to a, a community a community best film if you want but my best film has been barbarian like it or lump it <laughs> uh anyway yeah so thank you very much i think i've done all of my admin bits and bobs um yeah i'm gonna get the podcast feeds up now and then um maybe watch a film before bed yeah maybe actually no traitors if you're not watching on the BBC. Uh, I highly recommend watching The Traitors. We talked about it on the Discord. I've converted some friends to watching it, and one of them watched, I think she watched like seven episodes at the weekend. She was hooked. Um, if you haven't watched it, again, it looks cheesy as hell. People cry a lot for no reason. Absolute nonsense, emotions and all that. Uh, but I think it's a brilliant game show murders all that good stuff anyway i'm not endorsed by the bbc have a good evening guys i'll catch you later merry christmas and a happy new year ghouls and fiends and thank you so much for sticking with me on this journey of horror in 2022 let's make 2023 even bloodier